Good morning. One minute to go. Look at your neighbor and tell them it's nice to see you. You know, Bruce Forsyth used to have a program. Anyone remember it? Nice to see you, to see you. Nice. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Um, <clears throat> it's a real honor to have um, my dear friend Paul here. Uh, Paul, I've, I've known him for a long time, but not really close. We began to fellowship together about, what, a year and a half now? And, um, you know, um, I want him to come and just share what God has laid on his heart. Why don't you just receive him as he comes? Paul, if you can come. Paul pastors a church down the road in Deptford, the Bear. So he can tell us more about it. Don't know if you came with um, anyone. I thought there was, there's room enough for two here. That's good. Let's let's make this official, you know, let's pray for him. Why don't you stretch your hands out? Father, thank you for Paul. Thank you for his ministry and his testimony and his faithfulness to you. Thank you for bringing him here. Lord, I ask your grace upon him as he shares your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's brilliant being part of your worship. It is an absolute, it was just an absolute joy. I loved it. It felt real. It felt alive. It felt like God was here. And I'm so glad to have just participated. And um, yeah, thank you so much for that. And thank you for having me. Um, I know most of you don't know me. I do know uh, Zen and Sandra. I've known them for some time. Their kids are at the same school as my kids. And I don't think Um, I have ever met more friendly people than Xenophon and Sandra if there are people that know how to smile and and to welcome you. They are the people, you know, you can go to any church in the world uh, and and I've been to a lot of places, well actually probably not as many as some of you, but I've been to a number of places and and they are good people to have smiling at you uh, when you arrive and so that is a gift from God and and you are blessed with that gift. Thank you. Uh, I think they're wonderful. Thank you. And and Joseph... um, Joseph, I met him at the Ixthus Leaders Conference, as far as I know, and uh, he was speaking at the, at the conference, and I was a member of the congreg- uh, congregation listening. Uh, I'll be honest, I can't remember much he said now, um, but that's not to say he didn't have an impact on me, because <laughs> afterwards he came up and he said, Paul, I think, you know, we should get together sometime and meet, and I thought, yeah, yeah, why not, that would be, that'd be nice, but I didn't think he was serious at all. I just thought he was being nice, and, a year, and he gave me his number. And a year later, I hadn't done anything about it. And then he says, why didn't you contact me? You know, and I thought, wow, you've, you've remembered. And, uh, and so we did. And, uh, and I can honestly say that um, the times that I've met with Joseph, he, he probably doesn't know the impact that he's had. Just some of his words of encouragement for me personally have been very, very powerful. And, 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 and I, go, go up, I go up and I go down and, and I have strong feelings about my, my faith and, and the church and, and, and i I've been leading the Bear Church now for about 20 years in Deptford, and, and it, it takes its toll, and, and, and Joseph turns up, and he's, so, he's been so encouraging, and, and he said, I believe, he hasn't probably said this directly, but this is what I've received from him, is I believe in you. I believe that what you're doing is right, and I believe God's got his hand on you, and there are times when I didn't feel that at all, um, and he said that, and he, I don't think you realize, Joseph, just how, maybe you do, maybe you knew all along, and there's this sort of thing going on in the back of your mind you're aware of it all but um I just want to I, I just want to say thanks for 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 the words that you've spoken to me and if you've spoken to people everyone in this room like that you again you're privileged to have uh, this man speak into your life 
So, um, yeah, thank you. But don't get too big ahead, Joseph, because it'll be your downfall. <laughs> I already think your lectern's too big. My, my lectern's half the size, so I'm a bit more humble than you. <laughs> if I ever get a lectern, sometimes I don't. Anyway, um, yeah, so uh, I've come from the Bear Church, and I, and I understand that um, there is a PowerPoint that maybe we'll follow. Um, I understand that you're going through impact at the moment. The word, actually, do you know what? I'll just share this. I had a dream two or three nights ago, and, um, and, and I, it was about this church. And I'll just share it, and if it's a word for you, then receive it. And, and if it's not, it's just me worried about coming to speak. Okay, so, um, but anyway, this is what happened. I arrived at the church, and, and there were people really welcoming me, very, very happy to see me, and, and, and there were when I arrived today, and I was really grateful. And anyway, I got up to speak, and, and you weren't, weren't in this building. I could, didn't picture this building. You were in a building, and you had the River Thames right next to you. You were literally overlooking the River Thames. And the, t- the Thames was frozen, frozen solid, all right? It was really cold. Thames was frozen solid. And I got up to speak, and I said about four words, and then Joseph decided he got to get up, and he went out into the te- onto the Thames, and he, he, he cut a hole in the Thames and started baptizing people. And, um, and I was like, I'm speaking here, I'm speaking here, and everybody's attention just went outside. <laughs> so maybe I was worried about it, I don't know. But, but actually what happened, it was young people being baptized as well. I guess they were the only ones who were willing to go in the ice. And I noticed, Joseph, you didn't go in the water with them. You know how you men are going in the water with them when you get back? Well, he didn't. He was like, I, he was standing on the outside and he sort of pushed them in and then someone else got their hand and pulled them out again. And these poor ki- kids, they were young people, you know, they, 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 they were obviously very, very cold, but they were being baptized. And I thought, wow, you're baptizing in really frozen conditions here. Frozen conditions. Anyway, as that started happening, as they were being baptized, slowly the water around them started to melt. And all the people who were watching, including Joseph, you all fell in as well, and the, and the water started to melt. And then, all of a sudden, the whole lot started to melt, and the river started to flow. And, they, and I thought this was a really good thing. I just thought, maybe this is a word, maybe this is for you. If you feel like you're, you're in an icy place, and you're baptizing, and it, you, you don't know whether it's a good idea, um, do you know what? Doing that is melting the water around you, and there's going to be a whole load more. That was my dream. Um, and that's my hope and my prayer that that will come to pass for you. But it was just a dream. <laughs> and, uh, but it was by the Thames as well. And the te- Actually, you know the Thames. You know what Thames means, don't you? It means death. It means river of death. That's what the, the river means. And so well, you're baptizing in the Thames, Mike. You know, you're doing something significant there, aren't you? So um, anyway, let's, mo- let's move on because I've got uh, cue cards here saying how long I've got to speak. Um, do we start on 40 now or have we already started? <laughs> what he started okay so it's, it's impact so I want to just share with you a verse that has had a massive impact on me um, recently uh, so if you could just put the verse up uh, um, this has had a big impact on me and I thought well I could share it with you and maybe it'll have a big impact on you or some impact and then maybe it will on others and it's just one of those really obvious verses in the Bible that you've known since you're a kid but every now and again God just pushes that verse back in and says it's not just a verse for kids. This is a really powerful verse that will change your life. And so I felt um, that this is one that just struck me before Christmas like a, like a rock. Um, and uh, and it, it's come home in a way that perhaps it hasn't come home before. 
Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And that's from Matthew 4, verse 4. It also happens to be Luke 4, verse 4 as well. Very clever. Um, and it's in the Old Testament too, which I'll come back to in a minute. I would like to apologise. I do think the Bible does tend to be a bit sexist, especially the NIV translation, which we tend to use quite a lot. It's not just man. It's women as well, and it's children as well, and it's people. People shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, this particular verse was Jesus' reply to the devil, wasn't it? You all know the story. He's been in the wilderness. The devil turns up, and the devil um, says to Jesus, turn the stones into bread. And, and, and he suggested that Jesus turns the stones into bread, into bread because Jesus was hungry. Of course he was hungry. Now, we know that Jesus was hungry because it says he was hungry. It's the only word that it says. Now, if you've been, you've been in the desert for, four, for 40 days, and 40 nights, and you've been fasting, and you come out of the desert, and someone says to you, how are you? How are you doing? How are you feeling? Yeah, well, I've got a, I'm a bit sunburnt, and, uh, and uh, look, at, look at my complexion. Um, actually, I wouldn't do that, because I'm not that fussed about my, but somebody, look at my complexion. I've just been, I've just been in the desert for 40 days. Um, I'm a bit sore. I've got a sore leg. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. It, Jesus is just hungry. Hungry. I'm hungry. And this isn't just hungry like when you come home from work in the evening or, or, or you've just been out for the day and someone, how are you feeling? Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm a bit hungry. Yeah, I'm a bit stupid. He was hungry. This is the only word that is used to describe him when he comes out of the wilderness initially. He was hungry. And the devil knew that. And the devil says, okay, so turn these stones to bread. And um, I don't know about you, but have you ever fasted? Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's hard fasting. There's, there's no two ways about it. Well, maybe, you know, some people maybe <laughs> found it easy. I haven't found it particularly easy. And um, one of the things that I've realized about hunger, about fasting, is that actually hunger for food isn't the thing that carries on. You, you, it's the second and third day are the really hungry days. They're the painful days. After that, food sort of diminishes a bit. I'm not saying you're not hungry for food and you don't want food and you don't salivate at everything you see. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying that there's actually a whole load of other hunger that, that we feel when we're in wilderness places. Um, and this is hunger for the things of life. Because when you're on your own and when you're fasting, when I've fasted, now I've not fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, and often on the long fasts that I have done, I've, I've um, I've, I've been flexible, let's just put it that way. <laughs> I remember on one looking at the, 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 a big pile of fruit and the roast dinner and thinking, if I blend all of that, how much water do I add to make it qualify as a drink? <laughs> and and I, I've been in those positions, and I, and, and I haven't blended the roast dinner, but I have blended a lot of fruit and, uh, and, and drank it. I think, no, I'm still fasting, it's, it's fine. Anyway, it, but the times um, when I've fasted, Yes, I felt hungry, but do you know I've got lost as well. I've, 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 especially as the further on you go, the more you think, "Why am I doing this? Who am I? What, wh what's the meaning of this? Why does anyone care anyway?" This is a whole load of stuff that just comes at you, and not only do I feel hungry for food, I feel hungry for a whole load of other stuff. And I've written some of the things up here. Oh, look, the next slide. Not very good with the size. There's, there's the hunger picture. But let's have a look at the, the next one. 
And I'd, so I've written up some things. Oh, look, we've missed the top there because of the curtain. Oh, you'll have to guess what the, the top ones are. Well, actually, no, I'll tell you. I'll, t- I'll tell you. Um, and I think these are some of the things that I feel incredibly hungry for um, when I'm in wilderness places and when I'm fasting. The first one is the meaning of life. Um, I just lose meaning. I don't know what's going on. I, I think that one of our massive hungers in life is that, that we, we know what we're living for and that we have some motivation. The second one there is significance. This is, this is how important we are, how powerful we are. We get really hungry for it. And when you're in the wilderness and you've got no one around you, or when you're in a place where you have no significance or no importance, actually one of the things you want to do is work out how significant and important you are. Because we need that. And we need to know our place in the world. These are these are some of um, my hungers. I was just re- recently we've been looking at the news. We've been we we, we we've seen there's been a discussion, hasn't there, about how big um, a politician's button is. Um, and if you know, Donald Trump decided that his button was bigger than King Jong-un's button, and it did more. It was a bigger button, and it was a real button. It was a working button, and it released more power. And and our whole world is at this, trying to work out how big our button is that when I press it, I want to know how powerful I am. Um, because that is, and, you, and, and when you don't have any power, when you feel powerless or disempowered, these are the things you hunger after. Now I do, maybe, maybe you slightly, I'd be surprised if you didn't have these feelings when you're, when you're in a place of wilderness. You're in a, we, we have this hunger for good relationships. We want to know who our people are. We want to know who we fit in with. We want to know who we feel safe with. We want to know who we can be encouraged by. You know, all of this stuff, we feel hungry for them. And when there's no relationships around, you want to find out where your place is and who you're safe with. These are things that we feel hungry with, we feel hungry about. We feel hungry. The top one there says sexual intimacy. Um, because that's another thing we have this massive hunger for. We want it. It's not just about good relationships. It's about having sexual intimacy with, with somebody that, that we, bring, we come close to. And this is a good and godly thing. And we get hungry for it when we have a complete lack of it in our world. When we're in the wilderness, maybe some of you have that feeling at the moment of massive hunger there. We have hunger for adventure. These are the, okay, these are my six things that I put up. Now, you might come up with some more things that you feel hungry with when, about when you're in the wilderness, but these were mine. We have this massive hunger for adventure, for discovery, for knowledge, for experience, to, to feel excited about life. And we have this massive hunger for rest as well because we want to be comfortable. We want to be able to relax. We want to be able to sit with our feet up. I don't know about you, but you know, Jesus must have been like this. He's been in the wilderness for, for 40 days and he's... It, that means he didn't have his pillow and it means he didn't have his TV and he didn't have his sofa and he didn't he probably he's, he probably didn't have much with him did he and he probably just wanted to rest do you think well you can rest during the wilderness just lie down somewhere but actually that's not really restful is it because he needed some comfort around him so these are some of the things i was thinking of and 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 like i say i think we're meant to be hungry for all of these things as you do, I think that the, we are made with hunger for them. And the reason we're made with hunger for them is because we are meant to fill the earth and subdue it. That's the first thing God told us. He says, fill the earth and subdue it. Sex and power, if you like. He says, go for it. And here's all this stuff I'm going to put on you. And it's all stuff you're meant to get hungry for. Because in order to complete those things, you need to be hungry for all that stuff. And so therefore you can go ahead and you can live life. And so these things help us 
to govern and they help us to fill the earth and they help us also to feel alive. When all these things are in place, we feel alive with them. And so, um, I'm really liking you, by the way. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Do you know what Joseph said to me? He said before, he said, my, my people at our church, they're not going to respond much. <laughs> so I wasn't expecting anything. <laughs> He's nodding and grinning, and oh, I really appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you know, I look around the world, I look, a, I look at the world around me, I look at my friends, I look at our politicians, and, and, and I see all of these, everyone's hungry for this stuff, and I see a feeding frenzy in different ways um, of people f- trying to feed, to feed all this hunger. And they'll, do, they'll turn what they can into stuff that will feed these hungers. And I'll come to that in a, a bit later. But I don't know about you, but I don't know about you, but have you ever overindulged? Just generally, yeah, overindulged. So when I was, I remember when I was about seven years old, I went, I'm using a really innocuous example rather than one of these, because you go to one of these and it might be a bit awkward, but I'm, so I'm going to talk about food. Um, so I went to a wedding when I was about seven years old, and, and I remember I kept going back to the cake table, was probably this high, but to me it was about that high, and I just kept going back and I kept eating cake, so I was having loads of them. And, uh, and then I remember going outside and I threw up in the car park in the grate in the middle. And, um, and, and clearly, I'd, do you know what? My mum recently not told me, she said, oh yeah, do you remember that wedding we went to and you ate 19 cakes and then you threw up? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I know, it was awful. I, I should never have done that. I've done it loads of times since. Um, I haven't learned that lesson very now. I haven't thrown up in the car park. But y- you know what I'm saying? It did just strike me, though, when I was thinking about this talk today, that why, how did my mum know that I'd had 19 cakes? Why didn't she stop me? <laughs> I'm going to ask her that next time I see her. But um, so it's so easy to overindulge. And, and um, we all know that you can't just overindulge. You can't just indulge in all your hunger and stay well. And stay healthy. So all these things are good things. Absolutely. But if you overindulge, you don't stay well. And so we've got to work out how we stay well and healthy. Because in the end, that's what we want, isn't it? And that's what this world needs. And our world isn't especially healthy. And so it needs to work out how to, to um, stay well, to have a balanced diet. Now, I think that's what justice is. Justice is, is the same root word as righteousness. So justice is about having everything in its right place. So I think justice is like a balanced diet, okay? And maybe on this list you think, what are you really hungry for? Maybe you're hungry for justice, and that's a good thing. We should be absolutely hungry for justice, but really we're hungry for things to be right. And our hunger, and our, all our hunger for the justice, our hunger for justice is our hunger to see these things in their right places. Um, and so this is what brings me back to this verse, because I believe and have experienced that this verse, is it next, is it there again? On the screen, not yeah, might be. I believe that this verse is absolutely vital to getting our levels right. Okay, I believe this verse is absolutely vital to getting our levels right. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Now, I'm just going to comment on a few of the words that are in there. I'm going to comment on the word shall and on alone and on every. Okay. And then um, we'll see how it goes. Um, 
So the first word, shall. Now the original verse in Deuteronomy, which he's quoting from, because he says, Jesus says, it is written, it is written. And then he quotes from Deuteronomy 3, 8 verse 3. And there's a, there's a difference there, and the difference is the word shall. It's not shall, it's does. Can you imagine the Pharisees at that time? Can <laughs> you imagine them? Hey, he's got it wrong, he's got it wrong. I know the scriptures, and it doesn't say shall, it says does. Of course, they're not speaking in English. They're speaking in, in Aramaic, we guess, at the time. And then there's the Greek translation, and then we've got the English translation of the Greek, which was the Aramaic. So whatever way, it's come out as a different word. And I looked it up, and it is a slightly different word. Which is interesting, isn't it? So did Jesus make a mistake? Did he deliberately misquote? Well, we'll come back to that in a moment. But what I noticed about the difference between the word shall and does is that does definitely shows that this is a fact more than it's a command. Yeah, this is a fact more than it is a command. Man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Not man sh- it's not like you shall do this. Uh, no, no, you shall, and you, we're all like, no, we shan't. Yes, you shall. No, we shan't. Well, do you know what? It's not shall and shan't, I will and won't. It's actually does. Does. So can we have the next slide, please? Um, there it is. So here's my, um, my shopping list. Okay, do you, 20 minutes. Great. This is my shopping list. I don't know what's on the, the most important things. You've always got to have bread, milk, and eggs on the top of your shopping list because that's what you need first. And, and, and that's what happens. You have to have them every day. It's got to be there. And then for me, it's chocolate and then a bit of beer. I hope that's all right with you. You've said it now anyway. Um, in our church, it's okay. Not too much, but a bit. Um, uh, they're, they're big. FIFA 18, because that was like the, my son's, you've got to have FIFA 18 after Christmas. It was on the shopping list. A fidget spinner, because he wants one of those as well. Lipstick, because that's what uh, my wife and daughter always seem to want. And, uh, and, and see, so we've got a load of stuff. I can't live without these things. And you have stuff on your list that you can't live without. How many of you have words from God's mouth written on your list of things that you can't live without? How many? How many? How, and I was just shocked by this. I said, yeah, I love, reading, I love reading the Bible. I love listening to God. I need God's word for life. But how many of us actually have it on our daily list of things that not you shall, but you do? Hold on. If you want life, if you want a balanced life, a healthy life, a godly life, if you want the life that you're made for, then how can we expect not to eat God's words? I mean, if we made ourselves, okay, and if we made the world and we defined what it is all about, then maybe we could say, no, actually, we shan't. But it does, and I think this is really powerful. Um, it's not a command uh, it's as much as it's a fact that they are part of our survival. Now, there's no doubt at all that words are part of our survival. We all need words, don't we? Where would you be today if someone hadn't said come on, you can do this. Where would you be today if, you, if someone hadn't said, oh, yeah, I forgive you? Or where would you be today if someone hadn't said, I do? Where would you be today if they hadn't said, come on, let's try this together? You know, where would, we need words, don't we? I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for words. We need them, no doubt. Do we need God's words? Well, yeah, why not? Well, and what about today? Do we need them today? God's, every, every, you know, bit of, in, when you read the Bible, you read Genesis, every bit of creation starts with, and God said, and God said, let there be, and God said, let us make, and God said, let us, every, every bit, yes, but he didn't, it's not just the past, it's not just God kicked it all off, it's today as well. I absolutely love the message version, which is, have I got that up? Can we go back to the passage, uh, forwards, go forwards on the, on the um, okay, here's, so this one, 
has got the message um, version in, and I just love it because I don't, I'm not a big reader of the Message Bible. I don't know how you all feel about it, but I love this particular translation. It says, it takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. It takes more than bread to stay alive. It takes a steady stream of words from God's mouth. I think that is wonderful, and I think that this is why Jesus uses the word shall and not does, albeit in a different language, because it's not just the fact of command, it's also the shall, because it's continuous. You shall, you shall need, you, you, you need to continue this. Not you just did it, I'm here because of what God said to me and what God did, but I shall, because I shall move on with it as well. And that's why I think Jesus did, and that's why I think the Pharisees, uh, you can stick it to the Pharisees on that one. The second word I want to mention is the word alone. Um, and uh, the reason I want to mention the word alone is because I don't think that Jesus is saying, and he's not saying, that um, man shall live um, uh, uh, on bread, oh, sorry, on the words that come from the mouth of God, and not the other stuff. It's man shall not live on bread alone. The other stuff's needed too. And like I said, I think that what this verse points to me is that the words from God help balance the diet and bring full life, fullness of life, life, abundant life, which we've already mentioned today, which is John 10 verse 10. Life doesn't balance without them. So the question is, is it true? Is it true? Can we go to the next slide, please? So I've got all my, um, the things that I'm hungry for again there. Is it true? Is it true? Can I apply God's word to help with all my hunger and my motivation, my meaning? We are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Yeah, so I apply a bit of God's word to the meaning of life and all of a sudden I'm finding freedom. Yeah? I re- to- this, is, this is just my experience. I find freedom when I apply God's word to these things. What about significance? How important am I? How big is my button? <laughs> it's great having someone sit and show you numbers. Um, how big is my button? How important am I? Do you know how important I am? I'm a co-heir with Christ. I'm a son of God. I'm paid for by the blood of Jesus. Is that enough? Can I rest my significance and importance on that? Oh, I do need someone else to give me some importance and significance. And the answer is, thank you, God, that you said that, because now I'm free to not have to be, find approval from all men and be, be defined by them. I can be defined by you. That's how important I am. Praise God. Thank you. Thank you so much. What about relationships? What if I apply God to all my relationships, do to others as you would have them do to you? Okay, so brilliant. Do you know what? Practical. <laughs> Thank you very much. Let's try and let's try and be, prefer one another, one another in love. You know how about these? They're all over the Bible about how to maintain good relationships. Yeah, this just everywhere. Apply them and see your life balance. See your life balance and see God work through you. What about sexual intimacy? Do you know the amount of times people come to me um, and why would they come to me and talk about their marriages? I don't know sometimes, but they come to me and they say, We're f- it's falling apart, marriage is falling apart. And, and I say, well, you, okay, what's going on? And they say, uh, I, one of my first questions is this, and I'll say this to you because it kind of doesn't matter if you don't invite me back and Joseph can always go and baptize some people over there and you watch him. They say, and I say to them, when was the last time you had sex? And they say, oh, well, it's been a while. I say, how long? Well, about five years. Five years? Ten years? One year. And I'm like, let's apply the word of God to that. Let's apply the word. What does the word of God actually say? That's not okay. 
I'm sorry, if you want your marriage to last, you've got to. Seriously. Oh, no, but it's different for us. It's different for me. We don't need to. Okay, so you don't, the word of God doesn't apply to your marriage. These words don't apply to your marriage. Well, actually, they do apply to your marriage. Do you know, I, I bet there's some people sitting here going, oh, damn. I'm really sorry. This is really sad. I, and there's other people sitting there looking around. Oh, hello. Listen to, the, listen to what he's saying. He's preaching. He's telling. Don't neglect to come together in your, in your, because otherwise the devil may tempt you. This is just like exactly the same. The devil turning up with a stone. Turn this into something that will satisfy you because you're hungry. What does the devil bring to you? What's the stone? Forget it's not a stone because he doesn't say, use this stone, this will satisfy your sexual desire for intimacy. Use, what else is lying around? Oh, it's not stones, but there's other stuff lying around that he can bring to you and say, use that. It's totally, it's, this is just, do you know, I can, uh, my, uh, the, the, the words of God, this is my experience, okay? The words of God help me to bring balance to my massive hunger for sec, uh, sexual intimacy. I shouldn't have said the word massive, should I? It's a bit mean. <laughs> now it sounds really awful. I'm really sorry. I apologize to everyone, whoever hears that. <laughs> oh, no. we're carrying on right yeah um adventure now to him who can do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us how much adventure do you need people now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than god's power that is at work within us uh to relax to have rest you know, we've got all this stuff in the Bible about taking the Sabbath. And we've got loads of things that we can come up with that we think we need to rest with. But actually, there is something about words from God that bring rest. Now, you may have other things that you've listed. But I really believe that this verse is not just about food, bread food. And it's partly because even when you read the Bible, bread doesn't just represent bread in the Bible. Bread doesn't represent food. Bread is the mainstay for life. It represents life. So when it says man shall not live by bread alone, it should, we shall live on, every, on, on, on bread alone, but on every word that comes to the mouth of God. We're not, I don't even think we're meant to think it's just bread. I think it's meant to, we're meant to think that it's all the stuff that we feed on for life. I think that's what it's meant to be. Bread is not, what we've had already, Jesus is the bread of life. It, we're not meant to think it's just bread. And um, uh, I, I've, uh, yeah, I've tried various indulgences, but I've never been happier and never been more satisfied than when I also use God's words to balance the diet. That is a big impact for me. So the other word that I want to bring up is every. So let's go to the next slide again. Because um, it's there. Um, anybody check? Oh, there you go. Um, but on every word. Now I thought, well, I'll, let, let's just check this out because is it really every word? Um, and so I thought I'd look up the Greek um, because just to check it didn't just mean some words, for example, or a word, or the odd word, or do you, do you know what I mean? You, you do need to check this out, and it it means every. That's what it means. It means every word that comes from the mouth of God, and that's interesting, isn't it? Because Every now and again, people say, oh yeah, I've got this word from God. And, and it's from Jeremiah 27, <coughs> 29, sorry, you would have known that. Um, I have plans to prosper you. 
And that's a brilliant word. I love that word. It's one of the best. And if we went around this room and we said to, to you, what's your word that God's called you, get you holding on to for your life? You might, I bet there's a few of you that would hold, would hold on to that. And it's a good one to hold on to. But there are loads of words in the Bible as well. Loads of them. There are others that say rejoice when you face trials of many kinds. There are others that say glory in your sufferings. Now I'm not saying that you need to hold on to those ones. I'm just saying that every word means every word. And I'm not just talking about the Bible either. Because how many of us just live off words from the Bible? We don't, do we? We live off words that we've heard from God for ourselves. The reason that I'm leading the Bear Church is not because I found it in the Bible. It didn't say, I didn't turn to the book of um, Hezekiah, Josiah, whatever. And find Paul Adlington, I want you to lead the Bear Church. And I didn't see that. That, I was out for a walk and I, I was praying for someone to come and lead our church. And I felt God say, I want you to do it. It's not in the Bible, but he said, I want you to do it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm living off that. I'm feeding off it. I'm feeding off words that Joseph has spoken to me. Um, is you, you can do this. Do you know the words that come from God's mouth? Are, yes, it comes from the Bible, but there's loads of other words as well. And it continues. And I'm just saying every, we need to dig into that. I, I believe we should anyway. Digest the lot. But here's the thing. One of the things that I've learned from watching Planet Earth Let's have the next one. When you watch Planet Earth or Blue Planet or whatever it is you watch, wherever there's feeding and whenever there's vulnerability and whenever there's hunger and whenever there's birthing, there's a predator, a lurker waiting to take advantage. Every single time. Every single time. They don't just get away with it. So when we're in the wilderness and when we're hungry and all that stuff, there is a lurker. There is uh, something that's saying that's coming along and saying, I can see you're hungry. I'm going to take advantage of that. And uh, the devil turns up and says, if, you're, uh, if you are the son of God, turn these stones into bread. Now, another reason that I don't think that this passage is just about food, other than all the ones that I've already said, is that I actually think Jesus could have found food if he wanted to. I just think he could have done. He was Jesus. Jesus, he could have found food. He chose to fast. And the other thing is, I don't think that he needed the devil to say to him, look, we'll turn these stones into bread. I, don't think he, I think he could have thought of that himself. Oh, there's loads of stones around me. Oh, uh, I'm hungry for bread. Uh, oh, you could turn that. Oh, yeah. I just don't think that, I just think Jesus was clever enough to realize that. But what the temptation was, wasn't just that he could that turn the stones into bread to eat them. The temptation was that he could prove himself to the devil, the lurker, to everybody else who are his critics, or I could do this, and to himself, because proving yourself to yourself is one of the mass, one of the most challenging things that we have. I can do this. I can do this. I can do this. You know, I've run a couple of London marathons. I've ridden from London to Brighton, and 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 I've uh, you know I have a competitive streak. Not so much now. Some struggle, body struggles a bit now. I'm not challenging anyone in here to a fight. <laughs> Um, but there's so much of me that wants to prove myself. And this was a brilliant opportunity for Jesus to prove himself. All he had to do was, was stamp his authority down and say, I can do this. And he doesn't. He just says, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. And I, I, I think um, my challenge to you really is what are your stones? When you are hungry and in the wilderness, 
What does the devil bring to you? By the way, those stones didn't belong to the devil. They're not the devil's stones. All the stuff that, that he brings, he's not, he's not got any creativity in that sense. He just comes with stuff. He says, oh, you could turn this into something that feeds your sexual desire. Oh, you could turn this into something that makes your powerful significance button bigger. Oh, you could turn this, five minutes. You could turn this into, um, oh, he's knocked me off there. <laughs> you could turn this into something that makes your relationships work. You can turn this into rest and this into adventure. And, and, and yes, they're all good things. But man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because I really believe that unless we eat the words of God, we don't find the right balance and there's no justice. Because God is righteousness and so therefore God is justice. And we don't have that ability, unfortunately, to, to, to work that out for ourselves. And so, that, like I say, this has had a massive impact on me. And so my challenge to you is, is, yeah, think about what your stones are. Think about the places where you are feeding your hunger, good hunger stuff, how you're feeding it, and just bring in some Bible verses to them. It's a really, really good way of doing it. Um, you, you can imagine things in your life where you just think, man, I'm starving. I just need yeah you do and then I want you to think about applying some but if you don't know any Bible verses ask God for some or, or, or say to somebody do you know what I'm struggling in this area are there any verses that I can just kind of meditate on over the top of this and do you know it changes things change the power of the words of God are absolutely remarkable they really are and well if they set the whole cosmos into being in the first place and, and they brought Jesus to life and he died and they brought him back to life again and took him off to heaven and they brought us all here today. There's massive power in the words of Jesus, much more power in the words of Jesus than anything else. And, and, um, and so I say, start applying the word, the word to it. Feed off the Bible. Feed off what you have heard directly from God. Feed off what other people have said to you um, and through, through God and keep them precious. They are so precious. I've got a little pile of words um, uh, actually, this, this Bible was given to me on my 18th birthday from my parents, and, uh, and, and there's a little note in the front which I won't read to you. But there's people over my life who've given me little bits of paper, and I keep them all, and they're so precious. And, um, and, and I, 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 I do challenge you to not let go of reading the, word of the, reading the Bible and to listening to the words of God. Uh, do you know, if you, you want to read the Bible in a the year, they reckon it takes 72 hours to read the Bible. You could read for 12 minutes a day out loud and you'd read the whole Bible in a year. Now, that's actually quite difficult to do because our minds go all over the place. But try doing something. Just don't let go. If you want life, if, the if this is all true, you've got to do some of it. And, and if you want to have impact on your life, you, it's very difficult to impact other people's lives if, you, if your own life hasn't been impacted. And uh, you have to pick up on some of this stuff. And so I'm just effectively giving you a bit of my own testimony of how this verse has impacted me. And you can carry it and you can say, well, I disagree with that and I disagree with that. Well, it, do you know what? All I'm trying to say is this grasp a few of God's words, which I'm sure you all do, do anyway. And, uh, and finally, um, I love this, that, that uh, John, he says, don't trust them all. <laughs> don't trust every word that comes to you. Test them. 
And, 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 and if Jesus ends up as Lord, then it's probably a good one. If Jesus doesn't end up as Lord, this is 1 John 4, by the way. If Jesus doesn't end up as Lord, and you do, <laughs> it's probably it's not from God. <laughs> so sometimes, oh, how do I know if that's from God or not? Well, if, if Jesus ends up as Lord in this, then chances are it is. If you end up looking really good in this one, chances are it's not. <laughs> but I'll just leave that with you as a warning. That is my talk for you today. That is my prayer for you. And, and uh, um, I don't know what's to do next, really. You, I can <laughs> Thank you. And pray. Yeah? Yeah? Do you want me to... I pr- I pr- do you want me to pray for people? Okay. How do we do that? Just... <laughs> This prayer thing. <laughs> I think that's an awesome word, don't you? That, I mean, what an awesome word. You have no idea. Thank you so much. I don't know, maybe you want to pray as you feel moved by the Holy Spirit, you know, if, yeah. you, if you feel moved by the Lord. Okay. Yeah. We've got five minutes. Five minutes? Cool. Yeah. Well, let's, um, let's turn our hearts, hearts to God. I think probably the... the, the Oh, Father in heaven, I, I, I've used a lot of words this morning, and, and, uh, but I pray most of all that your words would, would, would remain um, in our hearts and that we would chew them over. Lord, I do pray for people in this room who really struggle to read the Bible because it just, it just doesn't seem to make any sense and they never seem to get the right bits. Lord, I pray for an unveiling um, of, of the Bible a, a, a new revelation and a new love for it. Um, it's so difficult to know how to interpret the Bible sometimes, but help us, Lord, we need you. We need you. Lord, I pray that... Um, that you would help us to see the stones that we're turning into or we're trying to turn into things that will feed us. And uh, some of us have been trying to do that for, for ages and it doesn't really work, but we don't know what else to do. Um, it's, it's not satisfying, but we're still doing it because there's no, we don't know how else. Lord, I pray that you would reveal the word, your words that we can speak over, that the people in this room can speak over that area, that bring the authority to break through and find the right healthy balance in those things. I love it, Lord. I thank you so much that Jesus just completely flattens the devil with these words. And I pray, Lord, that you would give us the words to flatten the devil with. I pray, Lord, for people who feel like they've been in the wilderness for some time. I thought it was really good earlier when the ladies were saying about not not feeling like you can have any impact um, because you just 
it's too hard. Lord, I, I do pray that there were, you would just strengthen us. Strengthen us to receive. This world is desperate for your words, Lord. Doesn't Most of the time it doesn't know it, but it is desperate. And help us, Lord, to have that prophetic edge to be able to speak your words into those places at the right times. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.